Welcome to the Cinematic Adventures podcast with uh, Jackie. It was your birthday. Did you have fun? I mean, sure. It's in two days, but okay. <laughs> Fourth wall breaking. And I'm Daniel. And I'm from the future. And your birthday was a great time. Okay, thank you. <laughs> saved it. Saved it at the end. So today, oh, today is my uh, is my homework. And my homework is to watch the sexy, sexy jawline of Paul Newman and the rest of him as well. And the rest of him as well. Yeah, that's, uh, it's good to watch the rest of him, especially oh. the eyes and body. He's, he's just, I don't even know if he's a good actor, if I'm just like, yes, yes, Paul Newman. I'd like to spend more time with you. No, come mm-hmm. back. Why is the credits wrong? Oh, there's a whole level of sadness in that. Um, yes, he actually is a good actor. He's that's great. what we love he's about him great. is that he so easily embodies the characters. Like he is those characters. That's why we love him. Uh, he, he was amazing, which is why his career lasted for like 55 years. His career did last a long time because it started in what, the 40s, 50s? I think it started in the 40s and it went till like the 2000s. It lasted yeah. a while. He was in fucking cars. He was yeah, in- why do you have to do that? All what? the time, you're like, let's bring up the worst. Let's I mean- bring up the thing that nobody wants to be remembered by and be like, that. Let's talk about that first. I I think that some actors like the silly movies they're in. Like um uh Raul Julia, he was in Street Fighter and um and he's like, You want me to dress up like gay Hitler and fly around? I'm fucking in. Yeah. Um uh he was in Uppity, that was his last movie. So like it wasn't cars, so yay. Mm. I haven't even seen it. So I, I um I went back I went back to um to the golden age of Paul Newman movies, which by the way, if your acting career includes a golden age, you're fucking (laughs) I prefer this decade of the actor's work. And I'm like, that means he worked multiple decades and got his paycheck. Well done. Yes. Anyway, uh, what's your favorite (laughs) Paul Newman movie? Oh, uh, maybe Nobody's Fool um, or Cat in a Hot Tin Roof. So so the reason we um, were doing Paul Newman is because we tied Ooh. it into Cat in the Hot Tin Roof. Or Hudsucker Proxy. Could be that one. It's There's a lot. I don't know. I don't know. There's a, there's a lot. <laughs> we uh, we tied it into Elizabeth Taylor. And um, she was in, uh, she started in A Cat in the Hot Tin Roof with mm-hmm. the sexy jawline of Paul Newman. Oh, gosh, and so, so hot. Um, <laughs> and uh, some, and uh, someone was like, you want to watch Color of Money? And I said, okay, that's fine. That seems fine. And then someone else was like, it's a sequel to this movie that he did like 30 years before. Yeah. So you didn't watch The Hustler first. So I saw The Hustler. It's great. The someone who said, you got to watch The Color of Money was me. Yeah. I didn't have time. I watched you never Invisible- watched it? No, I'm sorry. I watched The Invisible Man instead. Um, but The Hustler was great. I love The Hustler. It came out in 1961. And it's, uh, it's about this... Uh, Con man, this pool shark that's like, hey, I'm gonna pretend to, I'm gonna actually be drunk and then I'm gonna pretend to be bad at pool. And it's all about um, se- uh, self destruction and what makes someone um, a strong person. Because the, um, the bad guys, 
that want him to run these big cons and play pool are like, you're going to be a loser all your life. And I mean, he was, <laughs> which is... And they were right. <laughs> they were right, but they were also losers because um, you got this big guy who's like the top of the the top of the thing called called fatty because people aren't creative and uh he 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 seemed so cool and he played like he played a game of pool for 25 hours right that's that's like the opening like you see him in like the the small time crooks winning like a couple hundred dollars which in 1961 was really good and then he's like i'm gonna win like ten thousand dollars in one night or whatever and um he he won from Fatty, $25,000. And then he's like, and over 25 hours, but he refused to stop playing until Fatty was like, you're better than I am. Because he has a massive ego. And, is, mm-hmm. and you can see that uh, he, Fatty didn't give up because he's like, he's going to eventually run out. He's going to eventually like lose his cool. And then, um, and then I'm going to win later. So he played for like 25 hours and was drinking a lot. And... By the end of it, he's, he lost his game and then he went from $25,000 to $10. He went from 10 to 25000 to 10 And it's like, oh, that's, that's got to suck. <laughs> um, so fun fact, which I just decided to throw in. Um, but there's like we were talking before we started about um, the sting. And I, but you were talking about how you thought it ended differently. And then I was like, well, maybe you're right. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because there was a code for movies where you're not allowed to get away with crime. Like there has, there has to be an axiom of like crime doesn't pay because if they got away with it, then it would seem, it would be like telling young people who even maybe if it's a movie that they're not supposed to see, but it would be a message to the general public, crime pays, it's okay. So whenever there's like some artful crime pulled off, usually something bad has to happen to them because that you can't have the message crime pay. My favorite, my favorite example of the code is in Bad Seed, which is fucking hilarious because you have this kid who's like eight years old and it's all about how, um, how she's evil. Is that the the little girl or the boy? Because I know I get the good seed and the bad seed confused. Uh, there's the one. There's one with like a little demonic girl and then there's one with a little boy who's just like mean. And I can't ever remember which one is which. Um, the it's the one with the little girl. And okay, it, it like the 1960s out, one, maybe. Yeah, or 70s. Okay, yeah. okay. So, um, so it's fucking hilarious because you have this. Basically, it's based on a book and it's based on a play. Mm-hmm. And in the book and play, she gets away with it. And in the movie, she gets away with it, and then she gets struck by lightning randomly yeah. and explodes. Exactly because of the code. It's fucking <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, you can't have this little girl get away with murder, but we can blow her up. We want, <laughs> exactly. I want to see that movie specifically for that one shot. But like, I Wait, don't, you haven't seen the movie. You just know about it. Yeah, I just know about it because oh. of uh, the Dom's review of it. Because he's like, yeah. So like, she got struck by lightning randomly. It's weird. It was. Uh, but the Sting came out in 1973, and the code was long gone by then. And by long gone, I mean like, uh, like the code came out, and then immediately uh, directors were like, "Fuck you, no." No, it lasted for a while because I believe the code came out in like the 30s. The yeah, 30s but people were. And it the, was out to like the 60s. But people kept, that sounds about right. But people kept um, challenging it. It's like um, yeah. when it first came out, it was very racist. It was very homophobic and it was sexist, you know, for kids. 
so um so immediately uh the racism was pulled back uh, after like five years or whatever. And then people just kept hashing and slashing on the code until finally in like 2000 something. That's how late, 2000 something. It was like, oh, we still have this? Oh, fuck that. Yeah, and no, they never really undid it. People just kind of like, it just stopped being regulated because people were just ignoring it. That's the beauty of art. It's like film is art. And with art, you can, if you give yourself boundaries then the race is to see who can get over it. <laughs> yes. Like, okay, so, so that you can either see what you can do within the boundaries and sometimes then you'll make something better or you can see exactly how far you can, because it's, you know, with art, it's all about interpretation. So you're like, can I cross that boundary without you noticing, without you being able to put your finger on it? Like, it's kind of like at work the other day. <laughs> I was talking to my boss and because um, I'm a server and um, they other people were like they put up this thing about you know percentages of like where you are with different things and another server walked up and was like hey how come Jackie's not a, like how come Jackie's not highlighted she has the lowest comps and he was like well because she doesn't have like she doesn't have the lowest of everything so she only has the lowest in this one area and then and he was like specifically tip percentage you don't claim enough and I'm like I claim like my my tip my tip percentage is like eighteen percent that's 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 twenty that's that's more than enough and he was like yeah, but you make more. And I dead ass looked him in the eyes and I went, prove it. <laughs> and it was like, and he just walked away. <laughs> and that's like, that's kind of what rules put on artists make you do. It makes you go, okay, fucker, prove it. <laughs> like, like, oh, you like, we think that you violated. Okay, exactly how? Prove it. And when you can do that and get away with it in an artful way, like people like Quentin Tarantino love to push the boundaries. So it's like, okay, these are the rules. Cause now the rules don't, they don't, it's not like you can't get away with it, but if you do, they're going to slap a rated R and it's Which, harder to get people to see it because like teenagers who would be turned away. So I mean, now the code the like, system is you for, for um, the MPAA. Yeah. The rating system is flawed, but at least they're not stopping people from making art. Well, they, they kind of try. They try. I, I, yeah, I right. get it. Um, <laughs> basically, it's like that are like, we are the managers and we're going to be the ones to regulate what you can and cannot do and how many fart jokes you can have in your film and for it to be released. And so, but the, here's the thing. Here's the way people are starting to get, go against it now. There are some theaters or some movies that are like, okay, we just won't have an MPAA because you don't have to. It's not it's a legal like a standard thing. It's not a legal it's thing. A you can, advisory. Right. You can just you can just release a movie without an MPAA. And there like I don't remember exactly what it was, but there was like a couple years ago one movie was like they were fighting for something and the MPAA was like holding their ground. So they were like, Okay, fuck it, we won't do an MPA, we won't do a rating. And then the MPAA was like, Okay, and they conceded <laughs> to it. Because it was something where like even with rated R, there are certain restrictions before it goes to NC-17. And no one immediately wants an NC-17 in this, in this. Right, because that's like a, like a shutdown. That's completely restricted. Everybody immediately thinks of sex, but there are like limits to things like, like there are limits to certain types of violence. Like you can cut somebody's head off, but like you can't have, like there, there are limits on like the amount of blood or the color of the blood. It's, there's, it's so weird. There's so like minute details of like, if you do, three of those, it's an NC-17, or it's, you know, an X-rated, but if you only do two, then it's R. It's like, what? Or, like, if the blood is, like, too realistic, then they're going to consider it, like, NC-17, but if it, like, looks cartoony, then it can be R. So, there was a movie, I don't remember the movie, though, but there was a movie that was, like, 
okay, fuck you. We'll go without a rating. And then MPA was like, okay, wait, no, come back, come back, come back to the table. All right, we'll give you four more fucks. Like, <laughs> it was like something like that. And then they're like, I, it want, got I want to see the, uh, the negotiation of um, fucks to head chops. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was watching an interview about um, Eddie Murphy's Raw. Mm-hmm. I saw that. <laughs> and, um, and they were, he was talking about, not Eddie Murphy, um, uh, Robert Townsend, who directed it, was talking about how, how he basically just, you know, followed Eddie Murphy on tour and he, like, he um, recorded his set and then he had edited it and Eddie Murphy was like in line and he was like, yeah, this is great. And they show it to the MPAA and they were like, no, you can't do this. You can't say this. And then he was like, it was surreal. Like we were sitting at a table and there are these dudes in suits saying, I'll trade you a fuck for a fat joke. And, like, <laughs> and he was like, this is crazy. This is my job. <laughs> so like, that's literally how movies get made. Like, it's that's crazy. Amazing. The, the opposite is also true. People are doing, uh, adding in fucks and fart jokes in order to get an R rating, which is, yeah. which is so weird. Well, because they think it's, because here's how Hollywood thinks okay not not necessarily writers and directors studios are they have no soul they're just thinking about money right so they're like oh deadpool was r-rated and it made money so all movies will be r-rated now and what made deadpool r-rated um violence and fucks okay all mo- unlimited violence throw some fucks in there it's you what have, how many fucks you have in your script you need at least three three fucks you got three fucks okay we're good that should make us money no yeah. dumbass that's not what made it money Birds of Prey, perfect example, Birds of Prey, uh, and the rest of the title. Um, <laughs> no one, no one like, no, no adult cares about that movie. The reason that, me, that Suicide Squad made money was because of like uh, teenager, like 15 year old girls going and being like, Harley Quinn, it's the greatest, I want to see her. And then you make it R rated, and all those 15 year olds are like, oh, fuck. Wait, did Suicide Squad make money? Uh, yeah, it made a lot of money. Really? Yeah, I it think was so. terrible. I know it was terrible. That's not the point. Holy shit, you're right. Mm. It had a $175 million budget and its box office was $746.8 million. Those That's amazing because it those... got awful. Yeah, it was. But those little girls, uh, those 15-year-old girls were like, I love Holly Quinn. And therefore, I'll go okay, see it. Okay, there's something immensely no. disturbing in that because mm. she is the prime example of what not yeah, but like, like she is a textbook example of don't be this. Which is why, which is why, um, Birds of Prey should have been seen by girls because apparently they switched that. What do you mean? I don't know. I haven't seen it. So, um, so uh, I don't remember this thing. I saw. This, I have, and what what struck I, me was all I uh, remember about this thing is that it's uh, it's every gangster movie ever. <laughs> and, and then okay. you pointed out that it came first and all the others yes. were copying this which <laughs> exactly. is a shame with classic see that's why you got to get the classic education in first before you mm-hmm. see all the others and you're like oh okay so there's this trope and then you watch a, a movie that's a classic and it's a classic and you watch it and you're like yeah but it's a trope like all the others no the trope came from this one this is the one that's at the trope <laughs> so you gotta watch was, those first was it dirty harry i think it was dirty harry um that invented a bunch of tropes as well and so going back to see it i'm like i mean i get it but i've seen um, it before a lot of clint Eastwood movies did um dirty harry uh fistful of dollars um yeah because about the few dollars more was yeah dirty harry fistful of dollars 
those are the main two for him um for like the western genre yeah yeah so i can't remember this thing at all because i'm just mixing it up with other gangster movies and that one series of the hustle i saw <laughs> okay so this thing we were, we were talking about this earlier um it's funny because i've seen all of the movies that daniel saw for paul newman but when we go to talk about it i'm like shit i don't, I don't remember them like i remember that things happen i can't tell you like the intricate plot i just remember like in the sting i'm like oh yeah that's that movie where there was this elaborate con and it like went the whole length of the movie almost and then in the end like they got away with it that's why when you were like and then they get caught i'm like because that's the one thing i remembered was that they got away with it like they walked away scot-free and it was like and um and paul newman was like yeah i don't need your money because they like made all this money. It was this huge elaborate con to get this, back at this gangster. They made they they basically took all of his money to get away with it, and then um, they were gonna give it to um, uh, Robert Redford was gonna give Paul Newman a share, and he was like, no, like I did this shits and giggles. Thing. But not shits and giggles, but well, yeah, that too. But basically because <laughs> like to repay to repay the crime because you know so I don't remember what it was. Somebody got murdered or or some, something happened in the beginning, and so. And then um, Robert Redford came to Paul Newman like, hey, I need your help. So this, like the whole movie was this long con on this mafia guy who screwed over uh, Robert Redford's friend. Yes. Yeah, so, um, um, so he did it mainly for the revenge, not or not for revenge, because it wasn't like his personal revenge. It was mainly for like, like the justice angle of it. Like you can't fuck around with people and get like you can't you can't fuck over people and get away with it because their whole thing was we fuck over bad guys. <laughs> it's like, like yeah, we're we're fucking over mobsters, you know. So it's okay to fuck them over, and if you can get away with it, good on you. So <laughs> it's like we're going after the greedy banksters and the mobsters. Like they wouldn't rob like a, a normal person. They they have morals. They have morals. <laughs> so normal people don't have money. It's the thirties, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So that that's what I like. Like they kind of established the Robin Hood type con men. Not necessarily Robin Hood in the method of like the set, like half a Robin Hood. Not Robin Hood the in the second half. Themselves. Exactly. They don't, you don't give it to the poor. You keep it to yourself. We're <laughs> but, poor. That's why we're but stealing. You, but you steal from, and it's not just the rich. You steal from like the greedy criminal rich, like the people whose companies are like built on the backs of workers they exploit. We're going to steal from them. <laughs> so. Yeah, let's steal from Amazon. Yeah, well, give your people benefits. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what do you remember about this? It's it's set in the 1930s, and I love the aesthetic of, like, 1930s clothes. Mm -hmm. And I remember that it was... I, I remember while I was watching, I'm like, this is a great con, and I'm like, what's a con? <laughs> I don't remember it. I, I know that it was elaborate, and I loved watching it. It's um, some people's favorite movie that i know i'm like if you want to watch paul newman you gotta watch this thing and i'm like i've already seen this thing it's fine I'm fine. <laughs> then i sat down and, I'm, and i look at my list and i'm like i don't remember this at all <laughs> that's what's that's kind of funny about it because it's like it is a good movie it's legitimately like legitimately a good movie but there's something about it that it's not it's not easily memorable like i've seen thousands of movies in my life i've seen this probably twice and aside from what I've already said, I can't remember it. Like I, I rewatched a scene from um, from the, the the not the pool, but the uh, the poker game, and it was like I was watching it all over again. Like I know I've seen this movie twice, but I don't at all remember that scene. And it was like I was watching it brand new. 
Well, and it's a so good thing we can't these... remember it because yeah. um, apparently it's really good according to my <laughs> review of it. <laughs> but I do, I remember, like, I remember every time I, I've seen, well, both times, both times I've seen it, I remember coming away like, oh, that was so fun. Like, that was such a good movie. But then it's like, quote it. I, <laughs> it's not quotable and it's not memorable to me, but I remember that it's a good time. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's a, like, there are movies too, for me, like Princess Bride and The Matrix, where, like, after the first viewing, I could quote it. And, like, I've seen it so many times that, yeah, I can, like, I can just sit down with a piece of paper and, like, write out this because I remember, like, with the dialogue. I remember everything so vividly. But then there are movies like The Sting that are just as good, mm-hmm. but it's like, name a scene. Ah, I remember the scene where they shoot each other. <laughs> like, that's about it. The one, scene, I remember, like, the one scene I remember apparently wasn't in the movie, so we're all fucked. <laughs> okay, I do genuinely remember a scene that was in the movie. And that's the scene, like, that's the one scene that stuck with me. The scene where, um, like, they're, when they're getting away with it, when they're shooting the, um, they're shooting the, they're shooting each other. Because, like, Paul Newman pulls out a gun and shoots Robert Redford as, like, there was, like, a raid where they were. Paul Newman pulls out a gun, shoots Robert Redford in the back. Robert Redford, and then, like, the, the air quotes cop pulls him over and sees the um, sees the blood. And then the cop, the air quotes cop, shoots Paul Newman. He oh, falls down. Huh? That's that's why I thought they got caught. No, no, yeah, remember, but okay. I remember that bit where they all got shot and stuff. And then Yeah, I, and then they pulled, they sent the guy out of, they, the cop was like, you gotta go, you gotta go. And he was like taking the guy out. Oh my the God, next I remember part of, that scene. The end of that scene is when the doors close and uh, so the guy takes the dude up and then he's like the guy was like my money's like i got half a million dollars down there and the dude was like yeah and there are two dead bodies when the cops come you don't want to be caught up in that get out oh my and god i remember this movie off. now oh my god it was so now good he gets him to get off the street and then the door then like um somebody is like watching out to make sure the guy's gone and then they close the door and somebody walks up to uh paul newman or not paul newman to robert redford and kicks him and he's like you can get up now <laughs> and then, and then he like yells over, and then um, they, he sits up and he yells over like, uh, "You can, it's over, you're good." And then he just like stands up, and <laughs> and you realize it was all just a part of the con. Oh. And now they have the dude's half a million dollars. Oh, now I remember it. Oh, that was yeah. A good that movie. was the end of this scene. That was the memorable part because I was like, because at first you're watching and you're like, oh, "No, they did not shoot," and you're like, "This has to be part of the con. It has to be part of the con." Like, Paul Newman and Robert Redford aren't going to die at this. Like, this has to be part of the con. Like, that's what you're thinking. Or at least I was thinking in my head. And then when the door closes and he gets up, and I was like, ah, yes. Okay, it's part of the con. We're good. We're good. We're good. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Thank you. You can go now. It's all good. <laughs> exactly. They're not going to kill Paul you're like, Newman. They don't get away Look with it. Him. I'm like, what? They do. Like, I remember specifically them getting <laughs> Yeah. So that's the scene I was remembering. Yeah, I remember the whole scene, though. <laughs> That exact scene was in the, it was the finale of um, Hustler or The Hustle. This, I cannot remember that movie to save my life. Well, the Hustle. I am almost positive I've seen it. I don't remember it. It's a TV show. So, I, um, and I've seen, I know I've seen The Color of Money. So I'm just like, I, I don't know if it's in my memory banks and I'm like, ah, oh, forgettable. I don't, I know I've seen it. I just can't remember it. Okay. Like I knew Paul Newman was in it and I knew that it was like this, uh, I know Paul Newman was in it, but I don't think that I knew it was the prequel to um, Color of Money. Oh, yeah. So The Hustler is great. Um, I, I read through the basic synopsis. He plays pool. He's a pool shark. 
uh, and he gets tied in with, I assume, the mob. Um, and they break his thumbs because he's uh, running cons in their um, pool hall, I want to say, that it's just a pool hall and it's not nothing else. It was, it was just a pool hall. You can buy uh, alcohol and play pool. And it's like, and his friend was like, hey, if we like con these dumb fucks, then we can get like a couple hundred dollars. He's like, no, I want thousands of dollars. So he tries to con the, um, the uh, mob guy and the mob guy's like, well, fuck you, I'll break your thumbs. And then he proceeds to break his thumb. Yeah. And it's... Maybe I haven't seen it. It's not, it's not ringing a bell. Um, and he, he's dating, uh, this woman called, called Sarah, right? Maybe. So, um, he's dating this woman possibly called Sarah <laughs> and, um, she's also self-destructive. So they're both self-destructive, alco- self-destructive alcoholics. And they, um, and she's like, I don't know what you want from me. Like all we got, all we do is drink and fuck, which sounds like a good time, but not a good relationship. It's a terrible relationship. So, um, so that's not even a relationship. No, it sounds like a great, like, like a night, but like they do this for like months. They barely yeah, know no. each other. He doesn't even tell her that she that he's playing pool until his friend comes out. So, so after he loses the twenty five thousand uh, dollars, after he gains twenty five thousand dollars and then proceeds to immediately lose it, he ditches his friend because he's like, I can't do this fucking anymore. I need to I need to go out. I need to stop being self-destructive. And then his friend comes, and then he's still self-destructive with alcohol. Um, and so it doesn't work. And then he meets Sarah, who's also self-destructive, and they're both miserable. And I'm like, well, these guys are not having a good time. So, like, cool. Misery loves company. Yeah, I guess. Um, and then, and so, and then uh, his friend comes back and is like, hey, you ditched me, you asshole. <laughs> but... Right, I we still have like a thousand dollars, and he's like, "Where'd you get the money?" And I'm like, "It's my twenty percent. We had a deal." He's like, "If you gave me the money, I gotta beat Fatty." And, and I'm like, "Oh, you haven't let a fucking thing." Cool, thanks <laughs> for that, dumbass. So, um, so he's like, "If I'll give you the money if you go and play pool with me again, and then we can run cons, small cons, away from the mobsters." And he's like, "Fine." Um. But the, the, the big mobster, uh, and then he is like going off on all the glory days. He's like, he was a great hustler. He, we got so much money. It was awesome. And then he's like, don't, it's, don't embarrass me in front of the girl. What are you doing? Um, and, and she's like, really? You have a life. Cool. And like, she's like, well, this is going to end poorly. So she knows uh, self-destructive behavior when she sees it in him. And he's like, and she's like, I know that we're both self-destructive because we're alcoholics and miserable, but like, this is actually going to get you killed. And um, <laughs> he points, she points to the main bad guy and he's like, uh, who, because the main bad guy is like, hey, you want to come play pool? Instead of, um, instead of getting like 10, uh, $10 from these chocolate fucks, you can come and work for me and we can get tons of money, thousands of dollars. Wait, 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 hold up. Did you just say chuckle fucks? Yeah, chuckle fucks. It's a great expression. <laughs> like it? Sorry. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. All right. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> oh, I love that expression. I use it all the time. Um, so he's like, you want to get actual money? Uh, your thumb's better. And... And she straight up tells him, he's like, he's the fuck of the 
break your thumbs. Look at him. He clearly is the bad guy in this movie. Stop, stop, stop it. Some bad, bad Paul Newman. But I'm going to stick okay. around because of that jawline. Oh my God. So. You okay um, over there? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm having a good time. So, it, so he goes to a hotel with her and it, it just, it just goes all to hell, right? He wants 75%. Um, and Paul Newman's like, really? And he's like, you can't go into any pool hall without breaking your thumbs, uh, without someone, probably someone handsome in a suit, break, going to break your thumbs. And he's like, yeah, you're right. So he has to do the con. And it's all conversation. And it's all these characters. And like 85% of the conversations are around pool table. So you got these men. Uh, in suits, playing pool while while talking uh, while speaking in this incredibly written dialogue, and I'm like, this is great. <laughs> so this is my favorite Paul Newman movie that I've seen so far. So the Hustler. Uh, I love the Hustler. Hustler is my favorite so far out of the five okay. that I've seen and the four that I can remember. <laughs> oh, the five that you've seen and the four you can remember. Okay. Yeah, I love it. Okay. Um. What? So is it? Is it his, your favorite movie of the ones that you've seen or your favorite of his performances? That's a good <laughs> Okay. Uh, no, Cabin Hot Tin Roof uh, is my favorite movie, uh, but this is his best performance. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay, interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I would say that my favorite movie of his is probably um, Nobody's Fool, which is a movie he did in like 90s or like late 90s or early 2000s. I don't remember. Um, but and that, that's my favorite performance of his because he's just like cranky, cantankerous old man. And I'm like, yes! <laughs> just because like, that's what I aspire to be, but the female version. <laughs> like cranky Halfway there. Uh, what? Ass. Um, <laughs> um, but my favorite, I think his, my favorite performance of his is in um, Canada Hot Tin Roof. Interesting. I think that's the, his best performance because that was... Like that wasn't easy because it was a lot of it was a lot of facial expressions and it, it was almost all dialogue. Facial expression? I wish my movie had facial expression. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. In Canada Hot Ten Roof, it was a lot of him like a majority of that movie was just dialogue between especially his scenes. His scenes were usually dialogue between either Big Daddy or Maggie the Cat, right? Yeah. And it was very, very heavy stuff. And they have to portray, the thing I like about it the most is that they portray it in a realistic sense. Like most movies just exposit. They're like, here's one character that's going to give you just, they're just going to do an exposition dump. But in this movie, they did in a realistic sense where like you actually feel like you're watching people arguing. And in real life, you're not going to do an exposition dump. You're just going to be like, when he, you're not going to say like when you're a best friend. You're just going to say when Skip, uh, you know, and, and um, you know, the exposition had to come out it took like all movie and you had to like pull it out of them. So we were kind of behind a little cause you're kind of piecing together what happened. Cause it was like watching real life. You like watching, it was like, you were just kind of, you were kind of voyeur. You felt like a voyeur watching these people, like real people actually argue because they didn't do insane, you know, exposition dumps. It was just like, like, like they would mention something, but not, but not actually say it. They would be like, Oh, Oh, I know why you do this. And it's like, yeah, if you're in that relationship, then he, he's saying that you're a coward. But and he's saying you're a coward because you're a drunk or you're this or that. But in but all we hear is like, oh, I know why. 
and we later understand, oh, he was calling you a drunk back like the, the conversation four times ago, like he was calling you a drunk, but we didn't get that because we were missing some information. But then, but like in the scene, like, so it's very rewatchable because like you can watch it in the scene. You may not know exactly what's going on until you get, you know, more pieces. But then when you go back and watch it and you know the context, you're like, oh, damn. Like he's, they're actually playing this as if it's real because it's like, even though we don't know what's going on, his reaction is perfect once you get that context. And, and it also provides good context clues. And it's like, even though they exactly. don't say that, you can, you know, you it's can pretty figure out. You still, yeah, you're not lost. But when you get, all, when, you, when all of the puzzle is assembled, when you go back and watch it and you know the full context, you're like, oh, okay, that's what she really meant. That's why he was saying that. And I think the acting was perfect because you have to carry that across without it being just written, without it being spelled out for the audience. So I think his best acting was in Tanahatsu because he had, especially the scenes with Big Daddy and the ones with Maggie, because those were very intense emotional scenes. And a lot of what he did when he wasn't talking, it was all like facial reaction and like, like physical reaction, like when he would turn from his dad or when he would, you know, go to walk away and his dad would like grab him by the arm and pull him back. And like most of his acting was nonverbal. Same like all of them, like everybody in that movie, like their acting was mostly nonverbal. But then even when they were verbal, like they delivered the lines perfectly. So that's why to me, his best acting is kind of and Rue. But my favorite movie is probably Nobody's Fool because he's just fucking Tanker's whole part and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I love Harrison Ford in interviews has played the cantankerous old fart all the time. He I plays, mean, is he playing though? I mean, I think so because some because like he also dresses like a stupid hot dog or whatever. What? I think he plays it up, especially with <laughs> especially with uh, what the fuck? Uh, Blade Runner, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. He he oh, yeah. kept forgetting. Uh, Ryan Gosling. Ryan, yes, Ryan. Ryan uh brian gosling's name what a coincidence that you forgot brian gosling's name as you were saying he kept forgetting Brian so, sorry brian brian <laughs> <laughs> yeah he kept doing stuff like that yeah but that was him i think that like that was pretty clearly him just fucking with him like yes, they were, i know but he does yeah. that all the time and i love it yeah like he um he was doing some science experiments and uh he's like oh cool Love science. Like he was, he was like half there. Like mm-hmm. he, he has like this delayed reaction and you can tell that he's putting it on because that's the role he wants to play in interviews. He doesn't <laughs> want to be the excited person that's like, I'm really happy to be there. I'm like, I, I was in Star Wars once and no one would shut up about it for the past 50 years. So fuck yeah, all that, that was what I was going to say. Like, I think he genuinely hates Star Wars. And then I, I think that the role, like the character you think he's playing, I think that's him to a lesser t- degree. Like, oh, I yeah. think he genuinely does not like Star Wars, doesn't want to talk about it. And that, so that's like them being real. But then when he gets into other interviews, he sees how much people like that part of him. So he's just like, okay, I'll just pretend on this part, but he like may be more genuine. Yeah, when I say that he, he puts it on, I'm, I'm talking about like he turns it up. Right, it's, it's still him. Because <laughs> he genuinely doesn't care about Star Wars. Because like even Mark Hamill was like, when they were actually filming Star Wars, Mark Hamill was, was like you know like a 20 year old kid and he's like isn't this awesome harrison they made toys of us and he's like yeah get the fuck out of my face i'm twice as old as all of you go on <laughs> he's not that much older than him though he's no, only like he's four like, or five years older yeah, than yeah. 
he was like in his mid twenties while um, the other two like eighteen and nineteen. Yeah, and so but it's just funny that like I I think he was more like me where it's like <laughs> he's just jaded and is like over it and is like but then there are some parts when he's like yeah this is fun but then there are other parts when he's like no seriously. Get he was so happy when Force Awakens came out, and I think that's because he died. He wanted his character to be killed off since Empire, uh-huh. and Lucas was like, "No." And then he came back in um, in Return of the Jedi, and he was like, "Kill me on Hoth, or on um, not on Hoth, on um, on um, on Endor." And Lucas was like, "Nope." <laughs> so. And so, you know, in all, in all the years, the talk has been around like, ooh, if there are more Star Wars movies, are you going to be in it? And he was like, I'd rather, like, I'm standing there. What's wrong with you? And what, then they were like, like what, another... what they got him back was like, yeah. we'll kill you. And he's like, I'm on. I'll do it. You're going to pay me. You're going to pay me a lot of money. And you're going to kill the character. I'll do it. With the means that I never have to come back, right? And it's like, well. Like, no. See, we're going to fuck it up so bad that we need you to come back. And- so I get to die. And then I get to save your ass. I'm in. Yeah. I think the only reason why he was in Rise of Skywalker is because of Carrie's. Had she not died, he would have been like, fuck no, I'm not doing this. Um, but I, because his scene, like, you still haven't seen it, have you? No, I haven't. Uh, his scene was to explain her death scene because what he was supposed to be was a projection. She was supposed to be projecting Ben's father to him in one last ditch effort to bring Ben back, to, to have his father come to him and say, I forgive you. So Which it was is, a mirror scene of when he killed him, but instead he threw the lightsaber away instead of because that, that sounds really stupid. Well, it sounds like a soap opera. I mean, is it that good? Nope. <laughs> I hate soap operas. The the uh, the worst thirty minutes of uh, Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind was the soap opera. Um, what part of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind do you think of as a soap opera? Uh, the part with the uh, people doing the mind erasing thing, and it turns out that he erased her mind. It's like, oh my god, what we're doing is actually really fucked up. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, and I, I like that movie. I, I love that movie. Effort, Just so we're clear, that movie is like top tier. It's uh-huh. it's uh, Jim Carrey's best performance. It's his second best movie. He is so good. But that like that like one bit, that one subplot, I'm like, eh, I don't care. But everything else, so good. The Truman Show is my favorite of his movies. But uh, like, okay, there it is. I was because like as soon as you said that, I was like, what's number one? Yeah, like, you can't just leave me hanging. Okay, so, so, so Jim, Truman Show is my favorite Jim Carrey movie. But that has like an like a a really good story. But they're like, okay, Jim Carrey, hi, love ya, big fan. You can be you in this great movie where in um, Eternal Sunshine, it's like, no, we want you to also be a task. So uh, it's his best performance okay. in Eternal Sunshine and his best movie is Truman Show, followed by The Mask. Interesting. Um, I never bothered to rate his performance, but I would have to say you got to throw in Batman forever because he was so ridiculous and it was awesome. And, and, okay, uh-huh. you got to throw some context in. I am a Gen Xer, so I was a teenager in the 90s when he was doing Ace Ventura and, you know, all the stupid weird shit and, like, Dumb and Dumber. That shit was hilarious. I thought that I'd hate Dumb and Dumber because it's literally everything I despise about comedy. And then I'm like, oh, oh, it's done really well, though. 
It's really yeah. funny. He's a complete prick. I love it. Uh, <laughs> like I don't. Dude, like, I remember when Dumb and Dumber came out. We pissed my mom off. I so I was a teenager. My brother was. Did you do the casting? We did every scene. Oh, my mom my... got pissed because we just kept quoting the movie over and over again. And like somebody would randomly go mock, and then the other person would go ing, and we would just do like the whole stupid mockingbird thing. <laughs> and my mom was like, "If you guys don't shut the hell up about that stupid ass," I love your mom. I would. <laughs> she do was the like, same she didn't thing. even. She saw it and she thought it was okay because again, she you know she's a boomer. She was like, "Eh, not that fun. You guys are young. Go ahead and enjoy it. It's not funny." And uh, and we were like, "Are you kidding me? This movie's hilarious." And then we would just constantly say it, and she would be like, Stay. <laughs> like, like I, I, I came into Dumb and Dumber after I, after the internet was like, uh, uh, is it Lloyd? I don't know. Jim Carrey's character was like, uh, everyone was like, he's an asshole. It was Lloyd right? and Harry. Yeah. So, um, they're like, Jim Carrey's character is an asshole. And I went into it. I'm like, he is, but it still works though. It's so fun and so <laughs> stupid, which like, then the, I saw the title. I'm like, I mean, yeah. All right. Fair enough. And he, they replaced all the stupid money with IOUs. I love it. It's so stupid yeah. that they thought they could get he's away a, with it. Like, yeah, he's an asshole, but you forgive him because he's so stupid. <laughs> like, like, it's just like, oh, God, you're insufferable. But you're so damn dumb. I'm not sure you know you're an asshole. You oh, know? he knows. Like, he gave a dead bird to a blind kid. What a prick. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite part was when she was like, no, there's, there's not like I wouldn't do it for blah blah blah. And he goes, so you're saying there's a chance? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, he's like, he's like, that. He's like uh, <laughs> she's like, there's, um, there's no, there's absolutely no way that I'd ever date you. Uh, and yeah, he's like, what, like a million to one? And he, she's like, I'm more like a billion to one. So you're saying there's a chance? Exactly. <laughs> it's a great follow up. <laughs> the, the fucking follow up to that bit is hilarious because, um. Because he, her husband comes back because the FBI is like, we're going to rescue your husband. That's, and a, that's a subplot. Um, and, he, and the FBI guy is like, thanks, guys. We could have done it without you. Exactly. And then, this probably would have been easier. Yeah. And <laughs> then uh, she goes to her husband and he's like, so much for a billion to one. Yeah. And my, but my favorite scene is when all these cheerleaders show up and it's like, hi, we're looking for two uh, guys to come on tour with us and rub lotion on our skin and give us like massage and stuff. And they're like, great news. There was a town that yeah, way. Right down the road. Because <laughs> originally yeah. they were going to get into the bus and then Jim Carrey's like, there's no way they're smart enough to do that. No. So, they, yeah. so they're just like, oh, we are good guys. And then just leave. But see, and again, like the reason why we're okay with it is because, yeah, they're assholes, but they also don't get anything from it. Like they could, they have the chance to be with these gorgeous women and they're like, no, let's just go back to being stupid together and like not get laid. And you're like, okay, I approve of this. <laughs> and they wasted <laughs> all the money on dumb shit. So they, no, no, yeah, even they rich literally now. wiped their tears with money. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. That me, that scene has been made into a meme to like criticize rich people. <laughs> like, forever. Uh, it's okay, a good so time. Paul Newman's to... not in it though. So no, back to Paul Newman. Um, he's a, the other movie you saw was um, Cool Hand uh, Luke. That one, Cool Hand Luke. Uh, it's great. Uh, it, it reminds me of um, so on. So, have you seen The Great Escape yet? You just wait. Hold on. 
Pause. Did you just say it reminds me of, and then quickly say someone and change the subject? Uh, no. I was, huh. I was thinking of the title, and then I'm like, Great Escape. So it reminds me of Great Escape. Uh, Have you seen Great Escape? I don't think so. So it's not like Great Escape at all. But there's a character okay, in The Great Escape called oh. Cooler King, which is played by the only American uh, in the cast. Um, he's the one. Wait, The Great Escape is that British movie. For some reason, I was thinking of a different. But are you talking about the British one that you watch at Christmas all the time? Yeah. Yeah, because okay, when you yeah, think no, Christmas, you think prison. So, um, so The Great Escape yeah. is the. Um, That's your tagline, everybody. Daniel's mm-hmm. tagline. It's fun. Christmas yeah. Anyway, so so Cool Hand Luke uh, reminds me of the American uh, American character in that that they just lock in a cooler for the entire movie. It's like, hey, you're very important. We promise. Uh, can you go into this cooler? Can you do a thing and then go into the cooler for about twenty minutes uh, of runtime <laughs> and then uh, come back later and then tell us? And he's like, I mean, I guess I am in your movie though, right? He's like, yeah. I mean, kind of. Uh, Steve McQueen. Wasn't it? Yeah, Steve McQueen. So Steve McQueen, yeah. they're like, we need to have an American in the cast, but like, we don't want. Oh, um, okay. So they just lock him in. I mean, I cool guess. I guess. <laughs> Everyone's in uniform. He's wearing jeans and a t-shirt. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> anyway, Cool Hand Luke is uh, is that character, but if he got his own movie, because okay. he's just like he's just um, blasé with authority. So he got arrested for um, for vandalism. He blew something up. I don't know if that's another crime, um, but he got locked up in this uh, old prison because it was set in in sixties, right? Um, 60s, it was 70s. made in the sixties. Was it set there? Because it feels old. It feels like an older prison. I don't know how American prisons. So he works on. Uh, I think it, it was like at the time. Okay, so he's in this shitty prison, uh, but he's but he's Paul Newman and he's inspiring um, rebellion in the prison because. The guard is an asshole. And this is where the um, the line, we have got a failure to communicate uh, comes from. And I thought that was from a war movie. Yeah, what we have here is a failure to communicate. Yeah, I thought that was from, um, uh, no, it's the, the I don't know. It, I thought it was from, from a okay. war movie, that I, a specific war movie that I can't remember the title of, but uh, I never saw it. So I thought it was from that, but it's from this. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I know that line. But it's it's really good. Uh, Paul Newman is uh, a prisoner, and the guard's like, "Stop being a fucking idiot! Stop doing all the things that we know you're gonna do. Because I'm just gonna put you in chains and a gag, and then you'll have like more chains, and we'll add more chains, and then I'll shoot you. I think." <laughs> um, so he um, tries to escape all the time. I both love and hate this movie. I mean, I can see why. Why do you yeah. love it first? I love. Okay, so what I like to do is stop watching this movie at a certain point, <laughs> okay? Which, if you've seen it, you know, you, you're like, okay, this is about the point to stop watching it. <laughs> so, um, because the whole, like, first part of the first half of the movie, maybe even more, is just, like, you know, like, they call him Cool Hand Luke. He's just, a, he's a cool cat. He is not going to let your hierarchy or your notion of supremacy or you're like he's not a respecter of persons none of that is going to get to him it is not going to phase him he's going to do his thing he's going to be him no matter what and i love that and all of their attempts to break him he's like fuck you and he does it he's just him he's like you can't break me and then that's when i like to stop because then they break him yeah (laughs) and that's and then they break him and they fucking kill him and then it's over and i'm like 
What was the fucking point of that? And that's why I hate it. So if you stop the movie at a certain point, it's a great movie and it's awesome. But if you keep going to the end, now I fucking hate it. Why did you, why was I subjected to this? So that's. I mean, I saw The Invisible Man. I know the feeling of being like, I, I, this is great, but fuck We're going to talk about that. Put so, a pin okay. in that. We're coming back to it. All right, fine. So Cool Hand Luke, I like it. I like the ending. I like the fact that he's like, no, this prison sucks. It's a yes. shitty system and it's made to break people. It's not made to re- yes. rehabilitate. It's made to like break people down and it sucks and it doesn't work. And yes, fuck but you that's for why we want, but that's but, like, why we want a film where he gets away with it. Like just let him fucking escape, you know? No, after he escapes, he's got to get caught again. Come the fuck on, man. Let him fucking escape. Shit. Yeah, this is a, uh. this is a different in philosophy when with when we watched the movie I'm, and i wanted to i was like yeah let's escape and then they're like i like the dara ending but like if he escaped i'd be like this is also cool okay now we're bringing it in because you just said you like the dara ending and yet you freaking didn't even finish invisible man yeah but invisible man shit? okay so like i saw invisible man i saw like the first two thirds of you invisible saw man. parts of invisible man i saw the first two thirds of invisible man and i couldn't handle it because no. that thing's a fucking stressful time it's so stressful. No, I'm, you saw the first half of Invisible Man. The part you oh, left, the part where you oh yeah, left. Oh yeah, I forgot. Like I didn't. I didn't check the time because I didn't. Uh, so I right. thought, cool. We're in the third act. She felt so. The Invisible Man is about, is about domestic abuse and all of this horrible shit. And he becomes yes. invisible specifically to fuck with her. And he yes. and he just does all of this shit. And I um and after like half an hour, I'm like, fuck this. So I go into like a little corner. So there's a there's a thing when you walk in, people are turning off their phones. They're turning, uh, they're doing all the stuff. So there's lots of lights. So the way the cinema's set up is that there's a big wall uh, that's like the, you got the chairs up there, the seats. Everyone's sitting down. Everyone's having a great time. Uh, you got the seats down there, and then you got this giant wall so that if like people are coming in like with torches or whatever. Uh, they can be hidden there without disturbing anyone. I want to preface this by saying no one saw me because I took out my phone and I messaged Jackie. I'm like, this movie's fucking awful. I love it. It's great. Fuck this movie. (laughs) Which is exactly what it's like to get a message from Daniel. And you're like, okay, he's he's having some issues. What do you mean torches? You take torches into the movie theater? the, uh, The people there... Uh, that work there, check there for like stuff to make sure that everything is working perfectly. I worked in, I worked in cinema for like two weeks. Um, <laughs> two whole weeks, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I was doing, uh, I was doing volunteer work to get work experience. And then, um, and they're like, just Wait make sure that, just make sure that like no it, one's sitting in the whole, in the aisles or whatever. Okay. I, it just clicked. This is a translation thing. Cause the use of torches I, to me, a torch is like a wooden, it's like, like a piece of wood that you burn oh, that's and you're like funny. walking around with. I just realized you meant flashlight. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's why you were like, Why the, the fuck would like, I have open flame? Why would walk around with torches? <laughs> why would I walk around with an open flame? That's why I kept stopping you. Like, why are you carrying torches in a theater? Like, <laughs> why am I carrying torches, period? We have flashlights. Exactly. And then just click like, wait, no, there's there's an Aussieism here. He meant flashlight. Okay, never mind. Go on. <laughs> yeah. So like, I was there in the thing, and spoiler alert. So uh, halfway through, she finds his invisibility cloak, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. So work in the in the like last <laughs> you third. You just turned us into Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So 
So I'm like, cool. So she discovered it. We're in like the last third. Everything's great. Okay, so her, so her, so I get it. We got, we got like 30 minutes to go, right? And then, so we got like 30 minutes to go. Everything's going well. Oh, fuck, she's dead. So he, he kills her sister. And I'm like, I checked the time. I'm like, oh, motherfucker. We have like an hour left. And I'm like, I'm not staying around. Fuck this. And then I just got Yeah, went. that's why I was like. And then I left. I checked the time. I checked the time that it, that it ended. And I'm like, we still have like 45 minutes or an hour, depending on credits. I'm like, I can't, I can't do this shit. I'm out. So I left. And I had coffee. I listened to jazz or something. and had to relax for a bit. It's a stressful time. That's not a, that's not a good movie to watch. Um, I was yeah. right uh, in terms of its context and its content. When, I, when, I, when we did our most anticipated movies for the year, I was exactly right on like every level of what this movie was going to be. But at the same time, I didn't realize that I could handle that shit. So I left. <laughs> okay. So I, on the other hand, finished the film, which is amazing to me that you left at the most dour point and you just sitting here with cool hand, you Luke, and you're like, yeah, I like the fact that it didn't. The context, context like, is important because throughout this entire thing, Right? Throughout Cool Hand Luke, it's like, yeah, he's, go- he's going against the system. And it's like, no, sometimes you can't go against the system. I'm like, good twist for the last, like, ten minutes or so. Last five minutes. Not for, like, an hour and a half. How is that a good twist? That's the most depressing shit ever. It's a good twist. No, not it's good not, twist. It's not that fun. Twist, that twist. I, no. I would have preferred it if he escaped, like you. you but, realize what's but, happening in real? Okay, so we're back invis- to the fundamental invis- difference. Between Invisible Man. Happening. Invisible Man was just, it was just hard to watch throughout the entire thing. It was just. It was, I didn't. Okay, so I will admit that it is very heavy, a very, he- very heavy subject matter. And it is, to clarify, it's not a thriller where like there's something happening all the time. It's a psychological thriller where you're just constantly on edge because you don't know what's going on. This is what every and ghost movie wants to do. Like, yeah, it's very good. It's like an excellent setup. It is a slow burn, but it doesn't feel like a slow burn. It felt like a like... slow burn. It felt very, <laughs> it felt like, it felt like I was being burnt slowly. <laughs> okay. My, my entire soul, my entire really soul was like, we have to go. You, you don't have to watch this. You've already decided that it's probably going to be the best movie of the year if you can fucking finish it when it comes out, right? It's great. Oh, it's fantastic. It's probably, the, it's definitely the scariest movie I've ever seen in terms of like tension instead of like screaming. But like- it's, That's amazing because it's like, it, it is a good movie. I don't know if it's the best I've ever seen. I don't even know if it's the best horror movie or, you know, scary movie I've ever seen. But I think it's a good movie. But I also finished it. Yeah, but like the the fact you that I literally like at the halfway point, the fact you didn't that even it, finish the movie. Yeah. So the fact that like it's a scary movie that wants to scare you, and then it's like we're going to do that by building all of this tension, and then I couldn't handle the tension is a is yeah. praise to the fucking movie. So if you can get through like all of this bullshit, uh. That is great. I want to emphasize. I I told people that I I told a couple of people that I walked out. I was like, oh, so it's a bad movie. I'm like, no, it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. You should see it. I can't. <laughs> I can't see it. I I'm out. Oh I saw the Babadook, which is about like addiction and hate and uh, hatred and, uh, and whatever. And I'm like, cool. Add some better fucking ghosts. If it was an actual ghost, it would be better. But Babadook no. was about grief. 
yes, I know. It's about grief and guilt and and uh, possibly alcoholism. It's a it's a burden. Well, it's a, it's I think the burden that you my interpretation with you. was the stages of grief. Yeah, I, and um, okay. and like the fact that you'll never really get rid of it, but you can manage it. I agree. So that thing's about so just for clear, Babadook about grief. I've seen that five times. This and yet you couldn't it. finish Invisible Man. That's what's it's, crazy to me. It's so crazy. Invisible Man is not. It's not like. You're making it seem like it's this giant behemoth of terror, and I'm like, it's not that scary. <laughs> like, it's, I, I get like it, it is. It does build a lot of tension, but the hilarious thing. This is what is funny to me because again, I finished. It. I, I wait a minute before you say anything. I'm willing to bet what? that like two scenes later, like her friend dies, she gets arrested, and her cop comes. Those are three. Her sister yeah, her sister dies. Her friend comes. Her friend, the sexy cop comes, and she gets arrested, <laughs> and then. And then I'm willing to bet that in 10 minutes from me leaving, it's revealed that she was right. And then, and then like, they stop him in the third act. But I can't handle that because it's got 45 minutes left and I can't. Okay, do you want me to tell you how it ends? Please do. Let me tell you the rest of what happened. Okay, so Spoilers. what I was going to say is the funny thing is when you left was just about the point when the tension was stopped. They, they stopped building the tension and they got into the, the, the thriller part of it. Um, no, you are wrong. It wasn't a thing of in 10 minutes she was revealed to be right. We, the audience, know she's right all along. It takes like 20 minutes for anybody else to realize she's right, by the, at least. I and by the time be... they do, it's too late. Yeah. But you were right. Um, so what, what we discover is, okay, so she, um, again, what point was it when you left? When she, did you uh, leave right after the, the moment? The moment that she got a throat sit, I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> She got a throat slit and well, throws the night. Her sister gets her throat slit by um by uh the the guy. Man. Yeah, by the invisible man whose name I forget. And then he he puts the knife in her hand and it looks like that she's about to. It looks like that she murdered her. And I'm like, yeah. well, fuck you. And then I left. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the next thing is she ends up. He after he puts the knife in her hand, she gets tackled to the floor and then she passes out because she like she's she goes into shock because she just watched her sister get murdered and she couldn't do anything about it. And then the knife is in her hand. So she goes into shock. She wakes up in a hospital bed. Um, and she's on, you know, the, like the criminal, the ward of like, you know, when criminals are in hospital beds, like in a mental institution. Yeah, she's she wakes up like there. I assume. Yes. She wakes up there and um, she, there's a little bit more tension building because um, she looks around and she's like starting to think that she's in, wait, okay, first of all, I have a question because I don't remember what part this was revealed in. Um, was she pregnant when you know. left? Uh, her, okay. her sister? No, her. Uh, I don't know. Okay, I don't think so. Okay, so um, anyway, she goes to jail or she's, she's in this like uh, mental ward and, um, <clears throat> and the cop comes and visits her and in the mental ward, she just has this feeling that he's in the room. So she just starts talking to him out loud. Like, why are you doing this? Why did you pick me? What did you ever, like, what did I ever do? And, um. I saw that scene. And, that scene wasn't in the mental ward, though. She also said that scene when she was at her house. No, 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 no. She's in the mental ward. She's, like, tied down to the bed. Okay, she, and she said she's it She's like, again, why did, she's like, because she's, at this point, she's actually, she, she senses that he's in the room. And she's, like, looking at him, like, why did you do this to me? Like, why did, why kill my sister? Why make it seem like I was going to attack the girl? Like, why are, what did I ever do to you? Why did you pick me? You can have anybody you want. And um, then he comes up. He doesn't reveal himself. You just hear his voice. And he says, surprise. 
And so she know, so you know that he actually was in the room. And then people come in and then they were like, and she's like, you got, you know, he's in here, he's in here and you gotta let me out. And they're like, oh, inject her. And she's like, no, 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 no. And she's afraid that he's gonna kill her. And um, then it, uh, then she comes to and um, she gets taken to this table where she's supposed to meet with someone and um, she meets with, and the, the cop is with her, the cop friend is there and um, she meets with the brother-in-law or the brother, the, the, the guy's brother. And was he, he in on it? Because I you know, feel like he was in on it. Well, let me finish. He, he um, comes back and he was like, you know, the money that you got, like, you know, I know that you set up a, a um, you know, you remember he, she, when she got the money, she set up a fund for the girl for college. Yeah. And he was like, that money is gone now because it was contingent on you not going crazy or getting arrested and you got arrested. So now you, you know, you forfeited the money. So I need you to sign this. And then, um, and then he was like, you know, af after it was just the two of them, um, he leans in. And he says, you, um, he was like, you should have, um, he's like, why did you resist? Like, you should have just, because she finds out when she's in there, she finds out she's pregnant. Because um, I think somebody come, like, yeah, they, because like the medicine they're giving her is like specific, like it makes her pass out, but they're specifically not harming her because they discovered she was pregnant. And it turns out that when she was on the phone, like when she went to the attic to find him, the, remember when like she took the phone down from her ear and the doctor was like, yeah, there was something else. Well, something else they were trying to tell her was pregnant. And um, she's sitting there and, and when she was being told by the doctor that she was pregnant, she's like, no, no, that's not possible. And they were like, yeah, you're like like a month or two along. And then, because um, remember, she had been taking pills, right? right. The brother lean, when In the conversation with the, the brother, the brother leans in and goes, did you honestly think he didn't know you were taking birth control pills? He swapped them out with something with something else. I've been hate, taking I'm glad I left like the last two months. I'm and glad I left. She sounds was like a like, nightmare. And then and she's like freaking out. And so she's like, so now she realizes like she legitimately was pregnant. And he goes, This can all go away. He will, if you just sign this paper, you won't lose the money. You come back to him and he'll get you out of this money. And it'll be like somebody oh, else me. like so he has the power, he's rich enough to have the power to take away the murder rap that she's on. I and hate like, this so much and I'm glad I left. And it's not <laughs> all you say, everything you're saying, so, and she's everything like, you're saying is just like, I've made the right choice. <laughs> I made the right choice. I can't handle that shit. <laughs> Even if it gets fixed in the end, fuck that. Well so done, she, invisible man. <laughs> so then she, she leans forward and she was like, I, let me think about it. And he was like, okay. It was one of those things where like, I'll give you a day or something like that. And so um, he hands her, like, he, he tries to hand her a pen. She refuses it. And she's like, I have to think about it. And she, like, somehow she distracts him or, like, he goes away or something. And while she distracts him, she takes a pen from his suitcase, from his briefcase, and she hides it. And, um, and you're thinking, like, fucking pen. And then she reaches under the table and she grabs, like, pulls gum from under the table. And then later, when she's in her, in her room, she... Um, like, it's weird, but she can sense when he's there. She well, can't he can see him. Just so I clear, I do that all the time. Like, and she, and he's probably been stalking her. So what happens is like, if, when you're being watched, you can feel it. it. You can feel when someone's watching you. It in happens their room, all like the time. She's in her, yeah. Yeah. When, and when he's in the room, when she's in her, she knows when she's by herself and when he's there. And when she's by herself, she puts the pen, um, she like takes the gum 
and puts the pen like above her shower. And you're wondering like, how the fuck is she doing that? Because you're thinking like she's going to use it to try to get out. No, she just puts the pen above her shower. And then um, then several scenes later, she is, um, she's, so, so that then you have that scene where like, she's in the, in the room and they're, they're questioning her and they were like, why did you kill your sister? She's like, I didn't, I'm telling you, he's invisible, he's here, he's in the room right now. And they were like, uh-huh. And you know, they think she's getting, you know, they think she's crazy and everything. And, um, and again, he still does little things to let her know he's actually there and she's right. But it still makes her seem crazy because she's like, okay, I get it. That technology doesn't exist. You don't believe me, but he, you know, he does, it does exist. And she tells the um, she tells the two cops, one being her friend and another, I think it might have been a lawyer. And she was like, in his house, he has a suit that like he created the technology because, you know, his tech, his field was optics. He created the technology to be um, invisible. And, you know, he has a suit. I can prove it. And so then the next scene you see, they raid his house. It's like the SWAT team going through the house and they're like, oh, clear. And they go through and they don't find anything, obviously, because it's fucking invisible. No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> they don't find the invisibility cloak. Um, but what they do find is um, they they raid. And oh, so, OK, so sorry. That happens later. Okay. So before that, um, so she tells them that and they were like, OK, sure. So then she is in the room by herself and um, or she's in the room and now she knows he's there. And she was like, you knew I was pre-, like, she was like, like basically talking to him about like her being pregnant and everything. And then she was like, okay, fine. You don't want, she's like, you want to, uh, you know, you, you keep wanting to fuck with me. I'm going to end it. So she goes into the shower and she pulls, she turns the shower on. She pulls out the pen and she starts sl- slicing her own wrist and he oh. grabs her wrist and throws her against the wall. And then she grabs the water and pours it on him so she can see him and she stabs him. And you're like, yes, finally, finally. <laughs> and, and she stabs him and then she, you know, gets away. She runs down the hall. And as she, and I don't know if you've seen it in the, the scene in the, um, this is when like the, the true thriller aspect comes on. She runs down the hall and then she's. She just came um, on him at some point, I think. That was in the trailer. Wait, that didn't happen already? Because that happened while she was in the house. Uh, that no. You should have seen that scene already. No. She drops paint on him when he's in, when she's in the attic. And she has a feeling that he's there, so she drops paint down the down the hole, and that's when his his uh you can see his body appear. Oh, yeah, she did that drop paint. In the early I just I just yeah. missed that other bit because I was busy going. I hate this fucking movie. Nah. <laughs> yeah, that was in the um that was when she that was when she got out the first time, and that was right before she ran to the house okay. to get the then she found the suit in the first place and she cool. hid it, and then um then she ended up going to her sister. So that was right before all that. But anyway, now she's out running through the hall and like different officers are coming to her and they're like, you know, oh, they're like, go back in, go back in. And then she's like, no, 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 he's here. He's here. And of course they can't see him. Of course they can't see walking. him. It's the pipe. Well, he's, yeah, he's invisible. Step and he's walking cops. through and, um, and well, you know, she's in a mental ward. So they just think like she's mental, right? Go. That's, that's what a normal person would think. And oh, she's man. running away. And then um she ends up grabbing a gun i think from cops and or no she she hides behind some cops and he comes up and that's the scene in the trailer where like he like takes down these they look like security guards but they're they're like cops in the mental ward where like he makes one of them shoot himself and they're like they can't see it so they're kind of freaking out because they're like what is this force that's fighting me and like they try to they were trying to take her down but because she's pregnant he won't let him kill her 
So he ends up killing them. He turns their guns against them and they're all freaking out. And then, um, and then he just goes on a rampage of all these, because as soon as she runs away, she like runs to another group of cops and then he does it again. He just makes all of them kill, you know, kill themselves. So then finally she grabs a gun and she starts shooting at him. And so there's this long chase and everything. And, um, and she says, you know, she was, she starts shooting at him and she ends up in the, um, in the rain. And you would think in the rain that you would see him because, you know, water, just like she did with the, with the water in the shower, yeah. just like she did with the paint. You'd think you'd see the silhouette of him walking around, right? Right. But no, he's still somehow invisible. That doesn't really work, but whatever. And oh. she's like, she now has a gun and she shoots him and it starts making his suit malfunction, but it doesn't fully malfunction. So you get this weird, like you really would not have been able to take this. No. You get this creepy ass looking ghost figure that's like the silhouette of a man, but then there's part actual like suit. So it's creepy as fuck because your mind is like, that's not real. That's not right. It's like, like the there's something Valley. there, but there's nothing there at the same time. It's <sighs> freaky. And it's like, it, it does, it shouldn't be freaky. It should just be like, oh, that's normal. But when you see it walking, you're like, oh, no, don't do that. Oh. So it's honestly like the most creepy looking thing in the movie is just when his suit kind of glitches and it comes in and out. Because the whole, it's not like the whole thing comes in and the whole thing fades out. It's like there's a hand, like there's an arm, but it's not like a human arm. It's like this jumpsuit arm. So it's like, you just see like a jumpsuit arm or like a jumpsuit portion of a torso. It's weird. Anyway, so it sounds that like I made the right glitching. choice. And, and it's just, and it's like random because like that happens as a suit is glitching. Because mm-hmm. like basically what happens is the technology of it's just a bunch of cameras that are facing out. So it's showing the other side. It's just showing so it, you. Just, it's okay, like so I have context for this. So someone on like a, a science channel was talking about like uh, the science of Harry Potter, right? And they're like, how do you make an invisibility mm-hmm. click? And it's this exact thing. This is yeah. how scientists were like, you have to see it through another camera, but if you see it through another camera, then you can do this exact setup. So like they skewed it a little bit, but it's just enough science to be believable. I didn't care because at yeah. that point, I'm just like, I just wanted it to be over. <laughs> well, that's the technology that they use. It's a bunch of cameras that show you, it shows you the space where he would occupy. Oh. Um, so it, that's why it's, wor- it's working. So when it glitches out, you just see the camera. But you see the cameras in the shape of like half of a torso. So it's oh. freaky as fuck. <laughs> so um, so she keeps like, you know, this, this keeps happening and he keeps taunting her and he tells her, did you think? He's like, you're pregnant. Like, this is my child. Like, I'm not going to kill you, but I will kill your friend. I will kill the little girl. And then he, oh, I hate him he so stops chasing much. her. He stops chasing her and steals a car which is cool as hell because a car is driving itself down the road. Yeah. <laughs> like, so then she gets into a car or she, she like runs down the road. She grabs a phone. She ends up calling. Um, she runs down the road and steals a car, uses the phone in the car to call the cop and is like, I know you think I'm crazy. Like ignore all that shit. Your daughter is in danger. Go home right now. He is going to kill her. Like, don't like ignore my craziness and understand your daughter is in danger. And then we go to the door and she's asleep. And now she's kind of terrified because her, you know, her friend just freaked out on her and like hit her for no reason. And now she's in jail for killing somebody. And it's like, she's traumatized, right? So she's sleeping and then she wakes up because like, again, like you said, you can feel somebody watching you, right? So she wakes up and she, because of all the crazy shit, you know, remember she had the the pepper spray? 
So she has pepper spray and she sprays that and it hits him. He's invisible, but it hits him. Yeah. And so she freaks the fuck out and she takes off. And um, and he's, you know, he's after her. And I think he hits her and like he does hit her. He like knocks her against the wall and everything. And I think it knocks her out, but then the dad comes out. And the dad's like, you know, the dad's a cop. So he's walking through the house and he's calling for his daughter. And then you have that scene of like the invisible arm like beating the shit out of him. And um, and as that's happening, she comes in. And so then there's this whole back and forth. She gets her ass beat again. And then she manages to, um, she gets her ass beat. And then I think he goes back to kill the cop. And for a minute, you think he's dead because he beats him and it looks like he beat him to death because he just, he's just lifeless on the ground. And the daughter comes to and she's screaming. And then he turns to go after and finish killing the daughter. And then she gets up and shoots him. And when she shoots him, the, um, the suit, you know, malfunctions and now he's there. She walks up to the suit and, um, and it turns out the cop's not dead. He was just passed, you know, he, was just, he basically beat him unconscious, but he didn't kill him. She walks up, pulls the head off the suit and it's the brother. Oh, great. That's, so there's two of them now. Well, is there two of them now or was it the brother all along? Oh, so he did. Oh, fuck. So he died, whatever. So then the next scene is the scene that I was talking about where she's talking to the cops and she's like, he had an invisibility suit. And, um, and they were like, yeah, so it turns out that the brother was fucking with you because he didn't like that, you know, that his brother left you all the money. And, um, and when he found out you were pregnant, he, you know, just decided to keep the con going. Um, and the, so remember when I said that, that the SWAT team got sent to the house? Yeah. The SWAT team went to the house and she was like, there's another invisibility cloak or, there, you know, there's another invisibility cloak there. She's like, because there were two. The SWAT team goes to the house. They don't find the invisibility cloak. Yeah. But you know what they do find? What? Him. Oh, yeah. They find him. He's alive and he's, um, he was trapped in the basement. He was tied up. In the or in the attic, I think he was tied up in the attic, and they release him, and they were like, "Yeah, it was the brother. The brother put all of this together. The um, the brother, like the he wasn't actually dead. The brother just tied him up and stole just so the suit." Just so clear, before you do any, either. before you say anything else, I don't believe that for a second. So um, yeah. So he's um, so she's like, I'm telling you guys, he's a master manipulator. He is not because they were they, like the cops were like he was a victim. So, you know, he wasn't even oh dead. Oh, my God. You can go back to your Stop life. Stop not believing her. Like, and she was like, this is a ruse. This is all a setup. He was, it was him. And after I killed his brother, he threw, like, it was him. And he knew that I would, you know, I would kill him or that I, you know, that I would get away with this. And he set his brother up. He set his brother up and then he tied himself up so that you would find him. It was like, he threw his brother. Up. She was like, he threw at his the brother point under the where, bus. Uh, the point where you prove that, an invisibility cloak is involved. Uh, and it's like, oh, we haven't believed you this entire movie. Um, okay, yeah. you say that. I want to at least evaluate him. I'm going to get a psychiatrist in. I'm going to make sure that he gets arrested and then fuck it. Ah, oh, so what happens? Okay, but here's the thing. If you get a psychiatrist in, they're going to be like, oh, yes, we believe his story. He's traumatized and his brother did all of this and he did nothing. Get some detectives. He's going to get away with it. Shoot right. him. So, Shoot him in the face. So then... <laughs> So, um, so the cops are like, oh, this was all the brothers doing. It wasn't him at all. You can go home now. And it's like, almost like they forgot that she left him because he was an abusive asshole. Like that part didn't happen. And she was like, you don't understand. He set his brother up. They were both in on it. It wasn't his brother. She was like, okay, fine, cool. Y'all don't believe me? Cool. I'll go have dinner with him. 
because they were the cops were like, oh, just talk to him, you know. So they were the cops are actively encouraging her to go back to her abuser. Yeah, and, so um, like, fuck you, movie. Right. This is I, I so, left. It sounds like a fucking. It's not over yet. So she Ugh. goes to. She's like terrified of him, right? Because remember, in, in the middle of the movie, after when she find or in the beginning actually, when she was told that she was dead, that he was dead, she finally had the courage to step outside, and it was creepy as fuck because when she was finally like, "Oh, I'm stepping outside," then you see his breath, but you know we know he's there, but she doesn't. She it's still feels him, so but she bad. in her mind she's like, "I'm just being paranoid. He's dead. I'm just being paranoid." But then remember later she was like, "I'm um, uh, is he? I need to see a body." So she because she knew like her her mind was like, "Nah, he's not dead." But um, but so at this point she was like, "Okay, fine. I'll go to dinner with him." So she goes to dinner with him, and because he was like, you know, he 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 wants forgiveness. He wants he wants to get back together. You know, you're pregnant. You now that he is alive, you need his money because you're pregnant, and you know, just just go back to dinner with him. So she goes to dinner, and she, you can tell she's terrified. I hate everyone involved. <laughs> so she sits. I hate dinner. the cops. I hate the boyfriend. I hate the director. I hate the writer. <laughs> the cinema people. Anyone who saw the ticket. <laughs> the people that made the trailer. <laughs> This is hilarious. Okay, so it's not <laughs> let me good. finish. So you remember the very beginning of the movie when she knew exactly where all the cameras were and she knew how to manipulate his system, his yeah, um, his cool. uh, internal system. Okay, so she just agrees to have dinner with him, and he was like, "Oh, do you want to go at this place?" And she's like, "No, at your house." They have it at the house, and they have this unusually long dinner table, which is like this is a dinner table for like fifteen guests, right? But it's he just two of them friends. sitting at opposite ends, like the long end. And he's talking to her, and you can just feel the narcissist oozing out of him. And so much. she's you can tell she's very nervous. And you're wondering if it you're wondering if it's for one of two reasons. Is it nerve is she nervous because she's terrified because she's in his presence? Or is she nervous because she's afraid he's gonna catch her? So I later reveal can I, it's later can revealed I that guess? she has a wire. Oh. Yeah, go ahead. I would. I you said wire before I could guess, mm-hmm. but I was gonna guess that her cop was in the invisibility. No, the cop okay. is in a car down in, in a car like a couple houses down, listening to her wire. And so the question is: Is she nervous because of the wire? Or is she nervous because she's terrified? Um, I mean, both can't be good. Right. So she. I mean, the reason she's nervous. nervous about the wire is because he, he's terrified of him. So like you know, little calm A. <laughs> little column A, little column B. Um, it turns out there's a third reason, but we'll get into that in a minute. Um, Invisibility so point. they're having calm down. So they're having, they're having, they're sitting there and talking, and she's sitting in a particular spot at the table, and he's sitting in another spot, and they're talking, uh, and he tells her, you know, he's like, "Oh, just come back. You know, you're you're pregnant. We can have a family." Blah blah blah. Oh my god! And fuck she's him. like. Yeah. He's so terrible. And, I hate him so much. And she's like, okay, I'll come back, but I need you to admit that this is you. That, you know, that you did all of this. And he looks at her, and you can tell by the skeevy look on his face, he's basically saying, like, yeah, bitch, of course it was me. But he says, like, I know everything. That What he says is, like, I know everything, every thought you have. I know, I know everything that you that have that a wire right now. You... Exactly. He's, he's pretty much Kill saying, right like, now. He's pretty much saying, like, look, bitch, how dumb do you think I am? I know you're wearing a wire. Therefore, I'm not going to say anything even remotely close to incriminating. 
But then what he does say is surprise. He manages to fit the word surprise in, which remember is what he yep, said when yep. she knew he was in the room. So now you know, ah, it was him. She I was knew in the room from the start. Not, right. I saw but the now, title. <laughs> but now she has confirmation that it was him, but the cops have nothing. Remember, the cops have to have that. So um, she goes, I need to use the restroom. So um, he, he pours himself. She was, he was like, oh, you want some wine? She's like, yeah, pour it. So um, he, she has him like, you know, get started on dinner. And um, she was like, I need to use the restroom. And he's like, okay. So she leaves and she does so in a manner where she's, you know, clearly she walks by him and, you know, they talk and everything. And she walks away to go to the restroom. And then um, he's sitting there eating with a smug shit eating grin on his face. Like, oh. of course. I've got this, like I'm about to get everything I want. And then all of a sudden, the knife picks up, slashes him in the throat. And goes I knew it, I knew it! I <laughs> then, knew it! I knew it! And then, yes! And then like, um, and then he falls, and then like a little bit after he, and we're seeing this from the point of view of the camera in the house. So from the point of view of the camera, you see him sitting there, the knife, well, at first you see the knife, like in real view, you see the knife pick up, slash him in the throat and go into his hand. But then from the point of view of the camera, it just looks like he picks up the knife and slashes himself. Yes! <laughs> and then, um, yes! And then falls down to the ground. And then, and he looks up. Like as he's dying, he looks up. And then he, and then like, um, like a minute later, she runs in and she's like, oh my God. And then she screams like, She's, she's like, she's like, oh my God, look, oh my God, he killed himself, he killed himself. And she grabs her cell phone and she calls the cops and she's like, he just slit his throat. She just looks at him. Now, meanwhile, when she's looking at, when she's like leaning over him, she's on camera. But when she looks at him, her face shows. Yes, and bitch. he's looking at her and you can, you can see he wants to say something, but he's too busy dying. So like, he can't. So I want to say like, that I hate you, but and the look on his face was like shock of like, how dare you, you know? And, um, and then <laughs> as he, and she just sister. watches him die, basically. And as, and then afterwards, you know, she, cause she calls the cops and everything just like you would. And she sounds frantic. She's like, oh my God, he's literally, you know, we were talking and when I came back, he killed, you know, he killed himself. And then she walks out of the, um, she walks away. And of course, when she's saying that, cause you know, as she's calling the cops, the cop that's, you know, her friend that's down the street runs into the house. Like he runs. When he gets there, she's walking out of the house holding her bag, her, her purse. And her purse is like a giant purse. And of course, it's holding the invisibility suit. And um, he looks at her and he was like, oh my God, like, are you okay? Blah, blah, blah. And she stops him. And she was like, very calmly. She's like, and he was like, what happened? Like, oh, no, no. he's like frantic. And she's just like, very calm. She puts her hand on She's like, and she walks away. <laughs> and it was like, she did it because she knew. She knew he wasn't going to stop. She knew he had to actually be dead and she knew he was never going to pay for it. So she looks at the cop and the cop like looks down because the second time she was like, he killed, she just explained it. She like, he, he grabbed the knife and slit his, his own throat. And he, and she was like, and the camera, she, security camera shows it. And when he looks down, he sees the invisibility suit in her bag. And then she was like, and they, you know, like I said, she's like, he killed himself. And she walked away and the cop was just like, you can see the look on his face of like, well, let's go. And then he was like, he killed himself. <laughs> so, because she was like, you knew, she knew. Like when he said surprise, when he worked the word surprise into the conversation, she was like, oh yeah, you did it. And you think you're going to get away with it. And if I let you live, you're going to like, my life is going to be hell. So that's how it ends. So I think it was worth it to stay to the end. I mean, and now of course she has the invisibility suit. 
which is why the franchise can continue. No, I don't think they're going to make a dice out of it. Because... I think they will, though. It made way too much money. No, but the reason it made money is because Blumhouse makes their movies for five bucks and a bag of crisps. <laughs> but this is, it was, it, this is part of the, uh, remember Universal wanted to do the dark universe? Yeah, but like. This like would have failed. been a part of it, but they, but it failed. But with the success of this, don't think they aren't resurrected now. No, 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 no. They've, they've been burnt so many times in the dark universe. There was uh, Victor Frankenstein. There was I Frankenstein. There was Dracula Untold. And there was The Mummy. They tried to do uh, this. Yeah, but. They tried to do the this only four one... times. And they're like, what if we don't make it a universe? What if we just make monsters? Oh my right, god. Right, but, but oh my god. they do you know. I don't think they were trying to make a universe universal... until the month. Did you? No, they were. They saw. With Dracula? Yeah, with Dracula Untold uh, and I Frankenstein's. Maybe not with Victor Frankenstein, but with those yeah, two, I... they definitely did. They wanted to make a franchise. Uh-huh. Um, and huh. then and then at some point, they're like, wait a minute. We make, ho- we make horror movies. Did anyone know these were horror movies? Fuck. <laughs> Let's make it a horror movie. And. But I love this and one I, because and it I was don't only want a horror because of dramatic tension. That's yeah, the only reason it's why so I good. It it's amazing. Yeah. That's why I left. But like, Universal <laughs> was like, Universal was like, okay, but we don't want to spend Tom Cruise money. So what do we do? And then they went to Blumhouse, who makes their, um, who makes their, uh, their movies for for the price of a cup of coffee and a string. And then they're like, <laughs> what if we get the Invisible Man? A movie that we can make for so for like ten million dollars because he's fucking invisible. And then they're like, "Great, how do we make the Invisible Man scary? Domestic abuse should do it. Brilliant, wrap it. We'll, yeah. we'll do it." And then they did, and it's fucking phenomenal. And then I had to—it was so good that I had to leave. That's how good it was. I still don't understand why you left. I, it, I was okay, about right, to right, throw right, up. Right. I could not. <laughs> it, it reminded me. Wow. You, have you seen Room? The uh the Oscary uh movie, not the crap fest. Oh, you mean the one with Brie Larson? No, yeah. I haven't seen that. Uh I th- that's also fucked. And the only reason I could watch that is because I didn't watch it in cinemas. I watched it in my house. <laughs> so would you like watch it in segments? Uh yeah. <laughs> I watched I watched Room in like two chunks. Oh uh God. and I'm like, well that sucks. And I uh I just uh I didn't read, I watched the movie Count of Monte Cristo where he goes in the in the uh blanket to escape and I'm like, oh cool, they're doing that and they're like and they talk about the Count of Monte Cristo. So I'm like, well, that's something that's good. I hope it works, and it did, so like I'm like, yay! It's not a fucking sad fest for the entire thing, only most of it. <laughs> Um, <sighs> the Count of Monte Cristo was nothing like I didn't, haven't read the book, but the movie was nowhere near as intense as the Invisible Man. Because the Invisible Man, like, no. it did a brilliant thing by putting you immediately in her position. It you were immediately like, like from the very first scene that you see is her eyes open, and you were like, clearly she was not asleep, and his arm is wrapped around her waist. So even in sleep, he's controlling her. I hate him so, so it like much. sets the scene perfectly. And then you get to see all of these intricate measures he has for control. Like even the dog is controlled with the bark collar. But it's not the like normal, it's not a, like a proximity thing. It's like a collar that he's wearing. Like, I, everything is I was convinced. Controlled. I was convinced that the way that the alarm would go off, because I knew the alarm would go off and they did it with the yeah. car. But I, I was convinced that it would be the dog collar. Like, oh. he has an alarm linked to the dog collar so that if someone tries to steal his dog, 
then uh, the alarm goes off. I thought that would be the thing, but nope, it was the car alarm. But still, fuck me. That entire <laughs> movie is just, it's just no good. Um, <laughs> and by no good, you mean awesome. It's so good. And you should see it, <laughs> but you should not go in. That it's not exactly easy. It's a very tense situation. It's an oh. intense movie. I could, I could have um, thrown up. I, I did the... See, I, for me, I need to see it to the end because I need to see the vindication. I need to die. Well, and the then thing I'm like, is <laughs> that I knew that would happen. I knew that would happen. So in my head, I'm like, well, we know he's going to either die or get arrested. Probably die because he's that good at manipulating people. So he's probably going to die. Yeah. So I knew how it would end. And then I'm like, I don't want to watch the, the until that bit. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> and then I left. And I had coffee and I had a great time not watching the movie. <laughs> okay, so I think it's only fair since we ended this, we ended the Paul Newman episode talking about a movie that you were too uncomfortable to finish. So I think our next topic should be movies that are very hard to watch. Good movies, but you don't want to watch them a second time. I was going to put, just so we clear, um, if we didn't talk about it now, I was going to put it on the list. But like, okay. I'm just, I'm just going to think of other th- stuff. Like, like good Sophie's segue. Choice, yeah. So good. Yeah. yeah the, the, cool. th- the, the great thing about this list is that, like, these movies I already know are hard to watch, so I didn't watch them, but I have a list. <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a list that I made of, of movies that I I'm saw that are, that are stuff. I'll, I'll think so. I, I don't know. It was a good segue. I love this. Probably the best segue right, ever. Um, Invisible <laughs> Man, Speaking of segues. Invisible Man is, is, is no good. It's a 10 out of 10 movie, though. five stars. Great performances, great tension. It's awesome. Couldn't watch it. Don't want to watch it again. Probably will finish it. Probably won't. Okay. This is also a good segue for you to write a review because people need to see your insanity written down. Okay. People need to see you say it's no good, 10 out of 10. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> that should be your tagline. I, I can't. For I can't your review of how Invisible great Man. this movie is, but like, fuck it. <laughs> blurb on the movie itself like have you seen <laughs> did you see the original invisible man the one from like the 30s or whatever um no but i did see the remake with um with kevin bacon it okay. wasn't good all right it was well, okay it was all right. so in that one and it, it wasn't nearly it was all like thriller thriller like oh mm-hmm. he's chasing me oh how do i find him it yeah. wasn't nearly a psychological specific. yeah so in terms of remakes that are better than the original this is this is it this is the one it's like, hey, okay. remakes, you can't really make anything. Fuck you, watch The Invisible Man. How are you going to make a silly movie about someone that has a serum that makes him invisible and then tries to take over the world scary when it's all goofy and shit? Watch The Invisible Man. Watch this. This is great. Never want to see it again. Don't even want to finish it. I'm good. Thanks. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of Marvel because you know how each how? movie is- Wait like a minute. How? Drastic. How could this possibly remind you of Marvel? It sounds like you're just tying it in. I'm excited. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> because, you know, in, in like from movie to movie, it's like you got to amp it up. And so you have more and more, more explosions. It's bigger, you know, bigger and bigger villains, bigger and bigger villains. So then when you get to, you know, the second in- Avengers movie, how are you going to top world, you know, near world destruction? You don't. You go back down. You make it personal. You do a heist movie. Yeah. And that's what this one did. Like Invisible Man, like like you just said, like, oh, somebody trying to take over the world because he's invisible. Well, you don't tell that story. You terrorize one person. Yeah. Why, why would someone make an invisibility cloak in real life? Oh, they're a massive prick. That's the only... Re- if, you're, if you say, oh, I want to be invisible, you're an ass. Fuck all of you. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's how, like, you, you don't... 
whenever people are like, what are you going to do to top this? I'm going to make a really good small movie. That's Just look at, um, look at The Mummy. The Mummy was meant to kick off that the big universe and has like these huge sand monsters and Tom Cruise running and no one gave a fuck. Because it was stupid. It was stupid. Bigger isn't always better. You bring it down. No, you, 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 you make a good movie and then people are like, oh, I want to see that again because yeah. it was good. Or in your case, I never want to finish it. But like, that's how good it was. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to make a movie all about tension and how it's uncomfortable and uh, she's being stalked, then I'm like, I don't want to see it. You win. You won. Good <laughs> you work, win. movie. You, you got it. Well done. Anyway, yeah. So, so that movie happened. Uh, this was about Paul Newman. It, uh, it started out that way. And an Invisible Man. Paul Newman's great. Invisible Man is great. I want to watch one and not the other. <laughs> um, I'll probably end up watching more Paul Newman movies. It'll be fun. Um, anyway. I mean, he's got a storied past. He's got a long... Yeah. Also, find the hot sucker proxy. You okay. will probably not like it because you're not American. And it's funny. America, gonna <laughs> save my fucking demon. Oh, I don't know what just happened. Anyway, uh, this has been uh, Paul Newman slash Invisible Man slash Mental Breakdowns. Yeah, it, it's been fun. I'm glad you, that you are going to have a good birth, um, a good birthday two days or a week ago. I, it's, it's funny <laughs> how time works. A week and well, well uh, no, exactly a week ago when this comes out. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I will be quarantined in my house because the, the coronavirus. Thanks, coronavirus. That's going to be my birthday. Now we're stuck in the house and there's an invisible man about to kill us. Cheers for that. Shout out to Yusuf, who follows me on Twitter, because you are the man. We're fellow burners. And he was telling me about listening to an episode. So, hey, thanks for listening, dude. You're awesome. I think he listened to the the worst movies list. So, like, great start. Yeah. Uh, but he's he's like you and that he loves good bad movies oh. and he admits that like comedy is not good when it's bad because like because a, a good bad movie is a movie that is rewatchable because it's so terrible it's like usually funny it's so bad it's funny like chris duckman has like the hilariosity reviews yeah. but a bad comedy is just bad oh my god bad. yusuf tweet tweet movie. me Tweet me, the podcast Twitter. I'm, I'm on there all the time. Tweet me. We can talk about terrible movies that we love. It'll be fun. Yes. Yeah, he would love that. Nothing more. Because <laughs> he is a strange, strange man. Are we the same person? We might. Be. No. Let's go find no. out. No. No, he, he's not. Not at all. Okay, that's fair enough. Follow us on all the things. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. One of us will be there. Which one? It's a mystery. Links in the description. Until next time, goodbye. Peace.